Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates fans of the nfl shield nfl football betters fantasy football players anyone i might have left out far and wide welcome in to episode number 108 of the talk in the line podcast and as always thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful August 23rd, 2021. Now, I know you saw the title. I know you know the full season preview for the Miami Dolphins is on tap today. Now, before we talk all Miami Dolphins and plenty of other nonsense along the way, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the ttl pod on if you are watching on youtube hey hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional ttl crew content dropping in addition to that if you could be so kind you can find it in your heart to do so you got a couple extra seconds hit that like button leave us a comment leave us a rating hop in the live chat if you are watching live We can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do, and it only helps us make TTL Sports Media bigger and better for each and every one of you. Last, but certainly not least, head on over to this episode's description where you will locate the Talk in the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you will find the TalkintheLine.com website, all of the TTL crew social platforms, and our additional content so you can consume it however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, and you beautiful NFL fans joining us on today's show, I am your humble host, Colton, Colt45, Soroka, and once again, thank you so much for choosing to stop by the Talking the Line podcast. We missed you guys over the weekend. It uh, tends to seem to be longer and longer uh, as we get to the weekend, and we have to wait around till Monday to see you guys again. We are juiced to be back live and in prime time and have you guys here for us, and we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. Now, I keep saying we. I keep saying crew. I keep saying us. And I have yet to bring in the second half of that aforementioned crew. So it is now that time to bring in the co-host of the Talking the Line podcast. A young man who is a little bit disappointed in what he saw from his White Sox over the weekend, but nonetheless still looking very good headed into the 2021 MLB postseason. 
He's very excited as to what he's seeing from his Packers, even though Jordan Love did not get the start, and Bankert did get uh, pretty good playing time and looked very well on the field. Love is still the guaranteed backup per Matt LaFleur, but hey, as we all know, Aaron Rodgers, MVP, still getting the start. Enough for me. Let me bring him in. The man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley, R. Max Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, it's a fresh week. I am feeling pretty damn solid. Nice, uh, nice weekend for me, uh, you know, over these past few days. And, uh, you know, I'm ready to get right back into it. One day closer to NFL football. And I'm excited to talk about this team, man. Still a few question marks, but, uh, you know, I think they've got something that they're building on here. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to dissect it here. I certainly would agree with you. I think uh, we got a big 2021 season here for the Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. A lot of question marks that we are so honored to be able to answer for you guys here today. So strap in. We got plenty coming at you. Uh, Before we get into today's team of the day, the Miami Dolphins, a couple of quick reminders for you guys. Um, When you are checking out that link tree, uh, you are able to still find our best bets of the day, even though we're not dishing them out on the daily show. We are still locking them in. Uh, You can find them on the Action Network work app i am at cash underscore with underscore colt mags is at our mags in all caps and then once we get back to business as usual on the show you can find our best bets at talking the line so that's everything there and then also if you just like to go to talkingtheline.com, if you don't have the action network app you can click on the today's best bets tab and you'll see all of my picks all of mags picks and you can actually bet on them right from our website we make it super duper easy for you and we make it just so you can cash tickets right alongside with us in the most efficient way possible all that being said we'll have uh, some updates to talk to you guys about at the end of the show as far as the daily show goes uh, some stuff coming around the corner for ttl sports media in general and all types of other banter Uh, but for now let's cut all of that let's stop all of it and let's get into today's team of the day the reason why you came here the full season preview for the miami dolphins We have plenty to talk about, just as we have with every single other NFL team. Mm, There's all types of stuff going on here. We'll kick things off, as always, first segment of the day, full team and staff breakdown. We'll discuss offense, defense, and head coach OC and DC. Then we'll dive into the full schedule. We won't go week by week as we have in the past. If you hadn't stopped by the update episode on Friday, Uh, we'll just talk about our predictions for their games and their record within the division, their eight main non-divisional games, and then the remaining three outside of that then we're daily sports gambling show you know us we're sports betting analysts at the end of the day that's what we do cappers if you will so third segment of the day full season betting preview for the miami dolphins that's when we'll go week by week we'll discuss their weekly spreads their weekly game totals their season win totals, some side bet value that we think you guys should take a look at and loads of other value when it comes to betting the Miami Dolphins in 2021. We'll wrap everything up because we are fantasy nerds at the end of the day and have been playing fantasy football for well over a decade. We'll wrap everything up for segment of the day. Our best fantasy advice in the segment we have coined, start, stash, or pass. Stick around for all of that and you will be loaded with all the knowledge you need for the Miami Dolphins going into 2021. As always, uh, we'll have some additional banter, some other stuff, and then hey, I can't leave you guys hanging 
I can't just let you go about your day with just a little nonsense, a little, little knowledge maybe. You need some inspiration, some motivation. So I got you covered my motivation minutes today. Not going to tell you what they're about. You're going to have to stick around to the end of the show, but I uh, promise you, you're going to want to stick around for these ones. So let's do it. Let's get into it. First segment of the day. Partner, are you ready? I think I'm about ready, yeah. I have not officially gotten us ready. You are watered up as Water always. once again. That's all right. If you guys are coffeeed up this morning, cheers to you. Appreciate you. We love you. We can't tell you how much we thank you for all your support. Quick little sip. Oh, yeah. Once again, I was a one cup. Uh, one cup was all I needed, and I'm ready to go. Once again, I'm a four to six cup mm, a day guy, go. regardless of how it is. Mm. Goodness gracious, the vanilla bean creme brulee is running just so smoothly this morning. Okay. One quick thing before we dive into the first segment of the day. I don't know about you. When I was younger, didn't like coffee, right? It was just the devil's elixir. That was me about until a year ago. And then I got into college. I know that. We, uh, we huh? just recently Correct. got you onto coffee. And then I got into college, and it became the sweet nectar of the gods. Yeah, I'm, And I'm, I don't know how you made it through college without coffee, my friend. Yeah, my uh, my girlfriend roasts me every single day because she, much like you, is about two to six cups. I somehow made it through college, didn't have too many early classes, but uh, I can't uh, can't really go a day without it anymore. It, I, it, I, it was like, it, I, it's not even a year. It's been about six, seven months. <laughs> that can't be, all the baby. way off the deep It'll end. It'll get to you, see. I'm the caffeine, caffeine, caffeine and nicotine at the oh, same time. The caffeine. It's a nice theme. combo. Caffeine. Uh, you know, get you rocking and rolling in the morning. All right. Enough from oh, us. Let's get into Let's it. get into this shit. All right. First segment of the day, full team breakdown. All right. As always, we'll kick things off offensive side of the ball. I'll start things off with the key losses. Kick it over to Mags for the key additions. Then we'll run through the full team. Give you our outlooks overall. First things first, the key losses. Now, not a whole bunch of notable names that you need to be worried about right. uh, here. And even if they are a notable name, the Dolphins were able to backfill them somewhat somewhat good uh, as far as either via free agency, the trade market, or through the draft. Uh, they let go of Eric Flowers, left guard, and also on the left side, left tackle, Julian Davenport. They let go of Ted Karras, center. Uh, Matt Breida, last year, we actually spoke wrong uh, a few episodes back. We were talking about uh, Breida being on the 49ers. He was actually right. on the Dolphins last right. year, but they let him go. And then DeAndre Washington, uh, obviously only one season there. He is also out of town. Isaiah Ford, wide receiver, didn't make the biggest impacts. He uh, could make a game-breaking play here or there, but obviously they didn't see enough value in him sending him out and obviously brought in some good receivers to uh, backfill his position. They let two quarterbacks go, Ryan Fitzmagic. Ah, he uh, hate to see him leave, but uh, love to see him uh, go to Washington and see what he can actually right. do down there, help old riverboat Ron. And then Jake Ruddock, not too familiar with that name, actually, <laughs> off the tip of my tongue, but he was also quarterback to let him go. Oh, Jake Rudock, okay. Jake Rudock, I do yeah, apologize. Yeah. So uh, eight or eight offensive players in sure. general uh, left Miami. Partner, as far as the offensive additions, how are we looking here going into 2021? So this team had some work done in the offseason on both sides of the ball, but they made some key, key moves on offense here. The one position they did refill is backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett mm. coming in at backup quarterback. Nice. Uh, one of my favorite backup quarterbacks as far as consistency, what you're going to expect from him. Not going to lose a ton if uh, if anything happens to your starter. Bring in Will Fuller. Uh, if health is right aligned, that is a massive addition. Uh, he's going to miss week one uh, because of some suspensions, but after that, he should be all systems go. They also brought in Kathan Carter for tight end position. Going to be some depth there. Not sure how much work 
he is going to be uh, having there in that room. Malcolm Brown should be RB number two for this team. And then Matt Scarra at the center position also could be seeing some time, possibly in that starting lineup at the center position. That about does it for the free agency and draft. And then, uh, in the, or excuse me, free agency and trade through the draft. They also picked up number six pick overall, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver. Roll Todd. Uh, yep, nothing until number uh, second pick in round number two, offensive uh, tackle Liam Eckenberg out of Notre Dame. <clears throat> Also should be seeing some time in the starting role for this offensive line. And then third round, Hunter Long, tight end out of Boston College. No single draft picks until the seventh round. Then they pick up offensive tackle Larnell Coleman and Jared Dokes running back out of Cincinnati. So those last two guys probably won't be seeing the field too much here. But those first three guys off the board, excuse me, first, yeah, first three guys, I apologize. Those guys should be seeing some significant time, especially obviously Waddle and Eckenberg. So... Pretty decent uh, additions here, my partner. Hey, overall, 2021 yeah. offseason for the Dolphins, uh, either if you're talking draft or right. you're talking free agency trade market, nothing that uh, you should say is a mm. loss at all. Uh, they added some pieces that you talked about are going to be immediate plug and plays here as rookies, and then also some guys that are going to be decent long-term as right. rookies. And then anybody they added via the trade market or free agency looks like they're going to take an immediate role as well. Now, as I'm talking about it, I'll tell you here just about the offense in just a second, but let me tell you about the key 2020 offensive stats before I do. Uh, the Dolphins averaged 5.3 yards per play last year. They rushed the ball on 41.92% of their plays and passed on 58.08%. Across the board between Fitzmagic and Tua had a completion percentage of 66.19%. Third down conversion rate was at 38.61, so we're going to need to see that tick way, way, way up here in 2021. And then the Red zone scoring not terrible 58.33 percent but we'll talk about it a little later i think they could have had a lot more would it not be for some stopped goal line runs but we'll talk as to why that might be mm -hmm. here shortly but moving into the 2021 unit, uh, I would say don't read too deep into those numbers. I think all of those numbers improve in every category that I just gave you there. Completion percentage maybe stays right around the same, but I think every single category we do see some type of improvement. Now, as far as the offense in 2021, offensive line, uh, they have Jesse Davis on the right side. Next to him, Robert Hunt uh, in the middle. Matt Skura looking like he is going to be the starting center on week one. Left guard, Liam Eichenberg, obviously coming in from Notre Dame. Uh, we'll see if he gets the start, but he is projected to get the week one start right now. And then Austin Jackson on the left side as well. Then sometimes blocking, sometimes catching the tight end, either to their right or to their left, that offensive line. Mike Gusecki coming back again, had a solid season, in mm -hmm. my opinion, last year. He actually uh, was one of the team leaders in receptions. Probably don't want to see that again this year no. if you're Brian Flores or Tua Tagovailoa, but uh, still a solid option that he can dump the ball yeah, off to. Yeah, not his fault. Not his fault at all. <laughs> uh, wide receiver room, solid additions, and uh, I am very excited to see what Tua can do with these guys. Uh, we'll see Will Fuller once he comes back off of that one-game suspension. Obviously, Jalen Waddell out of the slot, pairing him back up with his college quarterback into a roll damn tide. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see what these two guys can do in the NFL. And then one of my favorite NFL receivers he just hasn't had the opportunity to break out in my opinion is Devonte parker uh looks like he'll be either the two or three guy in this rotation and then they'll be backed up by preston williams and then also lynn bowden lynn bowden was also high on the receptions uh last year uh but that fifth guy on the depth chart is probably not somebody you want to depend for all of no. your receptions so hopefully they can get that turned around uh running backs as far as that go miles gaskin 
he was the struggle bus on the goal line. He uh, got turned away a lot of times, and I think that maybe with the addition of Malcolm Brown, they'll be able to uh, fix that. That is their RB2, and they also brought in another running back, that being uh, Jared Dokes from Cincinnati. He's a, he's a big boy, so they might be able to work him on the goal line as well. And then, obviously, your two quarterbacks have set him uh, three times now already, Tua Tagovailoa, and then backed up by Jacoby Brissett. I also am a huge fan of Jacoby sure. Brissett. And barring anything happens or that maybe they need to run a little gadget play here or there, Jacoby's perfect for that role. So that is what the 2021 Dolphins offense is looking like. Kind of told you some of my opinions throughout there. I think yeah. this offensive line does real solid for Tua. Uh, it's going to have to. It's mm -hmm. going to have to be one of the big things. Um, if he wants to improve upon his deep ball passing, his short ball passing, I mean, everything in between, it's going to really, as we've talked about some teams in the past, it's going to hinge on this offensive line. Running back room, I think it's going to be very successful. We'll talk about them more in depth uh, from a fantasy perspective and start, stash, or pass. But I love Miles Gaskin. I'm all about Malcolm Brown. I think both of these guys have plenty of value. And then I, as if I didn't say it enough already, I think this wide receiver room is top-notch. I think that they're going to have plenty of success this year. I think we see Tua continue to improve. And I think this offense is going to surprise a lot of people mm -hmm. this year. We saw it already improve from 2019 to 2020 under Flores why would we not expect to see it improve from 2020 to 2021? Right. That's my humble opinion. I know you're kind of beating the same drum I am, partner, but I'm sure you could fill in the gaps here or there. Yeah. For the most part here, we are very aligned here. This offensive line, you mentioned it. That might be the biggest key here. And, you know, there is reason for optimism. All of these guys have been drafted within the last three years. So where they haven't been fantastic the last couple of years, they have plenty of room for improvement. And I think this is where we start to see it. Do I think they're going to be a top 10 unit? Not quite, but I think they're going to do going to be right where they need to be in this next year of improvement sure. with two, uh, you know, in a company of that. On top of that, I think the receiver room, I am very, very aligned with you. Again, do I think it's a top 10 room this year? I'm not sure about that, but I think it could be down the road. And we kind of mentioned it. You kind of mentioned it. It's just the, uh, you know, a wins above replacement, to use a baseball stat mm -hmm. here, is going to be ridiculous because the guys that they had last year, I mean, you mentioned it. Mike Gesicki was one of their biggest uh, receiving um, options. Their number three receiver uh, was Gaskin as far as yards with 388 yards. That is not going to be good for any team, let alone a team that no, had sir. a rookie quarterback coming in. So now, as long as we get the health here, obviously Will Fuller has dealt with a lot of health issues throughout his career, but I think we should be seeing, uh, you know, hopefully that is in the past for him. And so I really think this wide receiver room is just going to have so much more consistency, create so much more space for Tua, and, you know, I think they're going to be huge, huge improvements here. So I've got a lot to uh, be optimistic, but there's still a few question marks, I would say. Definitely still a few question marks, but uh, definitely still a lot of room mm -hmm. for optimism. Uh, the player development aspect of this coaching staff we'll talk about it they are bar none in yeah. my opinion and we like i just said we saw from 2019 to 2020 so to put a cap on the offense let's give you some key rankings per the guys over at sfa uh once again thank you for some of the key stats and uh, trends that we utilize on the daily show as always uh quarterback room coming in ranked 17th in the league so a little worse than uh right in the middle of the pack but obviously not terrible definitely some room for improvement might even be able to squeak above the top 15 into the top 12 mm -hmm. we'll see what we see from Tua offensive line 28th ranked unit in the league obviously not very high on them but obviously plenty of room for improvement and my partner mentioned it uh some of these guys have been playing in the league for at least three years so this might be the year that we finally see them pop right. 
Running back room, obviously some question marks. 30th ranked unit in the league, but once again, plenty of room for improvement. We just got to see that goal line work. What's going to happen for Miles Gaskin? What capacity are they going to use Malcolm Brown? And then Dokes, where, where is he going to fit mm-hmm. into the picture as well? Right receiver unit, uh, 17th ranked in the league. Once again, a little bit worse than, uh, than uh, right around the middle of the pack. But hey, once again, a lot of room for improvement. Right. They could even potentially crack the top 10. It's going to take a lot of work for them to do so, but I see them right around the top 15 for sure. If uh, Tua can target them and these receivers can show out like I know they can and like we all know they can. We've right. seen them play before. No kidding. So that does it. Offensive side of the ball. Let's keep it rocking and rolling. Um, be sure to stick around fourth and final segment of the day. We will uh, go a little bit more in depth on some of those guys from a fantasy perspective and start stash or pass. So If you were looking for a little bit more in depth, don't worry, we'll get there eventually. But let's flip the script, defensive side of the ball, my friends. And as always, we will kick things off with the defensive losses with my partner. So if you could be so kind as to indulge us, my friend. All right, so nothing too crazy here. They did lose a couple names that, uh, you know, played key roles to some level last year. Bobby McCain is probably the biggest one out of the safety position. Played 16 games last year. Uh, Davin Godshaw, probably mispronouncing that. Played five games last year. Uh, so not a huge factor last year, but did have three seasons before that with Miami where he was a key factor on this defense. Uh, Camus Gruger-Hill also played 15 games at a linebacker position. And then, uh, you know, the last two, these other two guys, Kyle Van Noy and Shaq mm. Lawson, each mm. played 14 games, only spent one year with Miami, but uh, played nice roles for him last year. Uh, Kyle Van Noy went straight. Straight back to New England mm-hmm. after one year off. Mm-hmm. Interesting to see there. And then obviously we talked about Shaq Lawson a couple weeks ago with Houston. So not terrible losses here, but, uh, you know, a few guys that uh, played some key roles last year, partner. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like their their uh, additions overall sure. from what they were able to kind of backfill in those positions now. Obviously, the biggest losses in that are going to be Van Noy and Shaq Lawson. One year in Miami and then hit the bricks doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially after the production we saw from those guys. But hey, to each his own, suit yourself, whatever you got to do down there, Dolphins. But as far as defensive additions, they brought in uh, Bernardrick McKinney via a trade. He is a linebacker. Looks like he is going to be getting the one week's uh, week one start as well. Adam Butler, interior defensive lineman, but can also split out wide if need be. $3.79 million deal. I believe that is a one-year contract for him. Uh, Justin Coleman, defensive back, uh, $2.29 million deal. Uh, Looks like he will also be getting uh, an immediate starting spot. Jalen Phillips out of the draft. These uh, these remaining players are out of the draft now. Jalen Phillips, defensive end out of Miami. Mm-hmm. Absolute game wrecker. And looks like he's going to also be getting the week one start uh, on the uh, either the right or left side, most likely the right side. And then Javon Holland, safety out of Oregon. Uh, one of their big pickups. And it too also looks like he is going to get the week one start in the free safety slot. So before I tell you in full about that 2020 defense, let me uh, just let you guys know what this Miami defense did last year. Now, I would say temper expectations just a little bit more here this year. They were outlandish last year as far as turnovers, as far as opponent points allowed, as far as scoring defensive touchdowns. They were off the charts in every category, and I think we see some serious regression back to the mean here in 2021. They allowed opponents uh, 5.9 yards per play. Uh, They allowed opponents to complete at a 62.94%. Opponents converted on third down at 31.18% of the time. That is beautiful, and I think that's one of the key areas that's going to tick up a little bit. And then opponents in the red zone only scored 57.45% of the time. I think that's going to tick up a lot as well, as a lot of their turnovers actually did come in 
the red zone. They would bow up deep, deep in their own end and uh, end up getting a turnover somehow. So like I said, I think a lot of those numbers uptick. I don't think they're going to be ridiculous by any means, but I would say temper expectations from what we saw from the Dolphins defense last year. Now, as far as the 2021 defense, starting things off with the defensive line. Coming back once again, Emmanuel Ogba on the left side. Then Raquan Davis, defensive tackle right next to him. Christian Wilkins next to him, also defensive tackle. And then the aforementioned Jalen Phillips going to be playing the right end, it does look like. Then as far as the linebackers go around and out the front seven you have Jerome Baker and then the aforementioned Bernardrick McKinney uh, to uh, give you the full front seven there and then as the secondary goes I actually like this secondary a lot Byron Jones Justin Coleman Xavier Howard Eric Rowe strong safety and then the aforementioned um uh, Javon Holland. I do mm-hmm. apologize. It is uh, awful, awful hard to remember some of these names when they have a Justin, Jalen, Jerome, and Javon all on the left side of yep. the field. So, <laughs> hey, I thought I did pretty damn good no, was solid. able to remember all the names there. Uh, what sticks out for me mm-hmm. is this secondary. Sure. This secondary is fucking huge. Yeah. It is elite. We thought Xavier Howard was going to be out of town. It does seem that he is good to go for now. I did a little extra side research on it. So we had a five-year, $76.5 million extension he signed right. in 2019. So basically, why he stuck around is they tied more guarantees and more extensions mm-hmm. into his current deal. And it is thought that he is the only player in the NFL with a four-year deal with as many guarantees and incentive bonus tied to his contract out of anybody. Right. So that is kind of thought as to what got him to stay and what's going to get him to produce. Right. I think we see that, man. And I am excited, excited, excited to see what we see from Xavier Howard. Byron Jones, opposite of him, come on, all day long. Justin Coleman, the rookie, I don't really care about that. I think he's going to be absolutely electric, too. I think uh, Holland's going to be electric, the the other rookie. I think Jalen Phillips is going to be very surprising to a lot of people, and he's going to help fill that Shaq Lawson role very, very well. I'm high on this defense. I know I just told you to temper expectations a little bit. I think you should. I think they struggled just a little bit in the opening weeks, and then they start to find some success once they start to have some cohesion as a unit. They put it all together, and this could be a damn, damn scary unit. What do you think, partner? Yeah, I'm really close to where you are on this one. I don't have to spend too much time on the secondary after you because I am also that high in him. I really do think, I mean, you just mentioned him. I think Jalen Phillips might be the X factor on this defense. And I'm not saying he's going to be the best player on this team. I'm not even saying he's going to be good. I say X factor because the ceiling, if he produces for this defense, raises up a couple steps and might even be better than last year. He had 15 and a half sacks at Miami University last year. I'm not saying he goes double digits like that. But if he puts anywhere at least eight sacks and has an impact, you know, at least a decent chunk of these games, the secondary is going to be looking even better. And we're going to be thinking the secondary is the number one uh, secondary in the entire league. So I think we kind of see that. I'm not saying I'm not hammering in my expectation for that. But if he is able to do that, the ceiling for this team goes so much higher. Ridiculous. Because the front seven outside of him, I mean, it's not bad by any means, but it's certainly not the strength of this defense. So, you know, he, like I said, is the one X factor, in my opinion, for this defense. And talk about that for a segue into rankings here. Not the best front seven in the world per the guys over at SFA coming in as the 19th ranked unit in the league so a little bit worse than middle of the pack but as you're hearing us talk definitely another unit that has a loads of room for improvement now 
maybe a unit that doesn't have much room for improvement, and it's just because of how damn good they are, this secondary. The guys at SFA are just as high on them as we are, fourth-ranked unit in the league. I think that they could very easily finish ranked as the yeah. number one overall unit in the league. I think we see huge, huge, huge improvements in steps, as if we needed to see any improvements from the secondary here this season. So that does it. All for the defensive side of the ball. Let's quickly uh, just touch on the coaching staff. And once again, we'll also talk about the defense from a fantasy perspective too. But for the coaching staff, we got head coach Brian Flores. As if you didn't know, everybody knows OB Flow at this point in time. Coming in for his third official season. Then new OC, former... Dolphins tight end coach George Godsey now taken over uh they had Chan Gailey in there was it uh, so, yeah. last year and a lot of I don't want to call him bonehead because he's a good he's a good play caller here and there but he just set the Dolphins up a few questionable and, yeah things. set him up in some weird spots and then DC coming in for his third year next to B flow is Josh Boyer uh loved what we saw from him last year yeah, when no he kidding. was able to get out of that defense so hey I mean I said we might see a little bit of uh, regression but I think Josh Boyer will, will have these guys tuned up by at least week four or week five at the latest no question Outside of that, nothing really to report about the coaching staff. It's not like it's a new huge haul. Um, jury's kind of out what we're going to see from George Godsey, but mm -hmm. with him being the former TE coach there and kind of knowing that Gasecki, knowing kind of how sure. Tua likes to work and likes to work with his receivers, we might see a totally different route tree out of these uh, this core of receivers this year. I, I don't know. I can't call it, but I think we might see a little bit uh, dif different offensive scheme here from sure. the Finns in 2021. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. So there you go. There you have it. First segment of the day is a wrap. Paper or plastic, you pick. Let's move on into the second segment of the day, you beautiful people. Once again, thank you so much for stopping by. I can't tell you how much we appreciate the hell out of you. And it, we're, we're just going to keep pumping right along. Once again, 17 more days till the NFL season starts. That's it, is, it has been a wheel-spinning MLB season, I will admit. Yep. I have never claimed to be an MLB expert handicapper. I am an MLB handicapper, but not the most expert on any given day. No. However, you give me NFL, you give me college football, and then you trickle on in college basketball, boys and girls, it is about to be bankrupting city for the next six to eight months. Mm -hmm. You best believe yep. you me. Hang on tight, 17 more days till we're cashing gridiron tickets. But for now, today, staying in the presence, strap present, strap back in for the second segment of the day. We're going to the schedule this time for the entire schedule breakdown. Now, if you are a fan of the show and you have been watching the NFL Special Editions, we've been going week by week to start everything off, but in the essence of time and to make things a little more interesting, mm -hmm. we skip that on the second segment now, and we will be getting right in to our predictions for the Miami Dolphins in their schedule. So this is without looking at any betting lines, without looking at any different things, win totals, none of that stuff. This is just our pure, unbiased opinion as to what we just talked about offensively and defensively correlated into their opponents and what we know about them. So here we go. First things first. We're going to kick things off in the AFC East, their division. Very interesting to see what's going to happen. And as we get through more and more and more teams in the AFC East, I say, sheesh, is this going to be a muddy pack or are the Buffalo Bills going to run away? I, I don't know, man. I really don't, I know. don't know. But in my humble opinion, okay. I do believe that they can split with the Buffalo Bills. Okay. 
I do believe they can. Interesting. Now, it is a very, very scary to me because they are their two hardest games on the schedule. So, it's more of a lean for me. Dolphins fans, I'm sorry. That that, 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 that tells you where my lean is, but I'm going to go 0-2 against the Bills because okay. they are early season. I'm going to go 0-2. Okay. I will split with the Pats, Pats, Patriots, uh, however. Uh, if I do remember so correctly, uh, game last year went in the favor of the Dolphins. Uh, they split. They split, so I think that happens once again this year. They got the win when Tua was starting. They lost week one with Fitzpatrick. In okay, so I'll predict another split, but quite possibly a 2-0, but I'll predict another split, 1-1. Okay. And then against the Jets... Man, what I'm seeing out of these fucking Jets okay. is just, I don't okay. I don't know, man. As the days roll on, I get higher and higher okay. and higher on the man child that is Zach Wilson. Yep. And child that man. electrifying <laughs> man, child, child man, man, probably child first. <laughs> and that electrifying offense. I I mean, I'm loving what I'm seeing out, out of there. Okay. I mean, we didn't see some of those catches from Corey Davis over the course of the last I I hey, it's a preseason. Okay. I okay. might be overreacting. Okay. But I'm going to give them a split. Oh, I'm going to give them a split. I'm going to give them a split. And I think the Dolphins have a lot of success outside of their division. I think inside is where they find the struggles this year. So I am brutally, and this might be way over predicted, but I'm going to go two and four. Okay, wow. Two and four inside of the division for the Dolphins. As you tell us your predictions, I got to grab a pen because, dude, if yep. I don't have a no. pen, I'm Go off for the it. planet. So just right around the corner. I'll be right back. All right. Because I got some opinions. We're a little differing here, partner. I got the same as my partner here. I'm going to go them 0-2 against the Bills. If, uh, you know, that home game against the Bills was later on in the season, I might have a different opinion there. But uh, much like you, I think the Bills get both of them there. Week 8, they get the Bills in Buffalo out of the Bills bye. So I'm not giving that one. So I'll go 0-2 there. I will also go a split against the Patriots. We'll do a home-and-home there. The Patriots always struggle. I shouldn't say always, but a lot of the times the Patriots do struggle in Miami. And that one's in Week 18 in Miami. So I'll give them a split there. And uh, I don't hate what you said about the Jets because I also, at least Zach Wilson himself, I am, uh, you know, increasing how, uh, you know, how much I like him. They did mm-hmm. lose a, a couple of huge pieces on defense for the entire season. Though, so that really hurt me. And they also get some huge rest advantages against these Jets. They got one game um, out of a bye week, uh, week 15. The other game, they get a three-day advantage when they go to the Jets. So I will give them three and three. Don't hate what you said about the Jets, but I, uh, I like the schedule advantages against the Jets in this one. So give me three and three. I'm going to flip my script on that. I'm going to actually, I'm going to move back to three Three and three three. because I, I had totally forgot about those defensive injuries and that's something that actually loomed really large for me. I thought that that defense at least one time out of Bob Sala would be able to confuse Tua, but I don't know. So yeah, I mean, I I love Bob Sala, but uh, this Dolphins team, absolutely, obviously totally different situation, but the Dolphins absolutely put the smack down in both games against the Jets last year too. Yeah, so I uh, I'll, I'll lean over to you and I'll go I'll go three, three and three. three. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So all right, so both of us at three and three. Keep it moving, keep it grooving. Main eight games outside of the division. Uh, AFC South is their first four games. Now I think this should be slight work for the Dolphins as long okay. as they show up and they take care of business. Obviously, think they get the Texans. I think and believe that they do get it against the Jags. Uh, that one's actually in London. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I actually I actually like the Dolphins okay. in that game to tell you the truth. And then against the Titans, that one's kind of a toss up to me. It is late in the season. Uh, the Titans could kind of have everything wrapped up by that point in time. Mm. Maybe, maybe not. Um, 
I say that one's going to be a loss because that one is in Tennessee, and then the Dolphins play the Pats to close their season in Week yeah. 18. So I'm going to say that one's a loss. And then the Colts, that one's going to be really, really interesting. That is their fourth home game of, uh, or their second home game of the year in week four. Right. And if I do so vaguely remember, I gave the Dolphins that game because of it being in Miami in a ref situation for the Colts. Well, not only that, but uh, up until yesterday, it was looking like Carson Wentz might not be in that is quarterback true. at and that point in the season. And it looks like he absolutely will And be. looked real good. Yeah. He looked real good. Um. So I will give them two and two. I'll okay. give them two and two. I'll say they get. Uh, I'll say they get the Texans and the Jags. Okay, two and two. I am also saying two and two, but it's more of a one way or another two and two because I could still. I kind of like the matchup against the Colts even with Wentz. So and then you know I I'm hesitant on the Jags. I would like them against Jags, but it's in London. You never know what's gonna happen. It's honestly it doesn't matter how good you are. Some teams just don't travel to London well, as we've seen. And then I'm giving them a loss to the Titans, as are you in Week 17. Not only is it in Nashville, they are coming off of a Monday night game, that being the Dolphins. Whereas the Titans, it does appear that they are coming off of a Thursday night game with a little bit of an extra rest advantage. Not only that, but the Titans have also been fantastic in the second half of their seasons, both of the last two years. And by week 17, they are trucking on full cylinders. So I will say one way or another, they go two and two, whether it's a win against the Colts or the Jags. And then I'm, you know, giving them the win against the Texans there for sure. All right. So one way or other, two and two from Mr. Mags out of the AFC South. Now, wouldn't you know it? They play the NFC ah. South. Is there other four? Um, this one, I think, is going to be... Interesting. This one's going to be interesting. Yeah, that that's a good way for it. I don't think they get the win over the Bucks. Uh, that one you can kind of cross out in my mind. Right. That one is in Tampa Bay Week Five. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna skip out on yeah. that one. Um, the Saints, very winnable game in my opinion. Yeah. it is towards the end of the year, Week 16. It is at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome or whatever right. the hell they call it nowadays. They could get that one, um, riding high off a big victory over the Jets in Week 15. Get that one as well. So. That, is, that one's kind of interesting in my mind. The one against the Panthers and then the Falcons are the ones that's the most interesting to me because those are the ones that are the easiest for them. Now, the Falcons, I I would have to say they get that dub. I I don't want to say anything bad about Arthur Smith or Dean Pease. Mm-hmm. I hope they have a shitload of success, but I just I don't know if we see it this year. Right. I just don't know if we see it. So I'll give Miami that uh, the edge in that one. They edge them out in Miami. And then they also play Carolina at home in Miami as well. I can't that remember one, what we said about that one. That one's one of the easier games on the Dolphins' uh, schedule. I want to say we gave it to the Dolphins, but I don't uh, remember. I'm going to give that to the Dolphins as well. That might be where I was thinking um, the one that we gave, that I gave almost immediately because it was played in Miami. In Miami, yeah, I think so. So I will go 2-2 two and two one way or the other with a potential of 3-1. and one. Yeah. That's, that's where you're going for sure? I'm gonna go three and one for sure. Actually, okay. I like three and one. I like them to edge it out. I'm gonna go risky. I was kind of thinking where you were, two and two, one way or another. I like you. I think they should get that game against the Falcons. I'm more so looking at the situation itself coming off of the game in London, week six to seven. Those are my two where I just don't know what we're going to see because it's just really specific, interesting situations Mm -hmm. coming out of London, going back home. Not only that, but the Falcons get their bye week coming out of the bye week, and it is in Miami, so that helps. Seven-day rest advantage. Yeah, that's it's it's just really 
you know, it's just a really weird example mm. of, mm. you know, the schedule yes, might be screwing yes. the Dolphins over there. So <laughs> I'm saying one way or another, two and two, because we were also really high in the Panthers. I think they get that one over the Panthers. I really don't know. I like the matchup over the Saints, so I'll give them that one as well. But one way or another, I'll say two and two. One way or another, I'll say two and two as well. You yeah. got me back over there again. I, I get a second to think about it after I let all the word vomit out. And I, yeah, I just think with that, say either one way or another, seven day rest disadvantage, week 16 in New Orleans, or maybe potentially the Panthers somehow squeak it out. Yeah, I don't I know. Don't no, I, I don't know. But I just I, hate that schedule like situation for them in week six and seven, honestly. All right. Well, there you go. The eight main outside of the division, well, they got three left because we got 18 weeks of football coming right around yes, the corner sir. in 17 days. They got the Ravens, the Raiders, and the Giants to close out their schedule. I will give them a crisp two and one in those games. Yeah. I think they handled the Giants with ease and then uh, might have a little sweaty first half against the Raiders, and then they'll pull out uh, yeah. to a nice lead in the second half. I do declare. And then it might be a shootout against the Ravens, but I think the Ravens will ultimately get that one. So give me two and one in the remaining three. Yeah, I won't add too much else. We are about as little lined as we can be on those three. So I will also say two and one, my friend. 10-4. Well, we're actually... All the way aligned, straight okay. up and down uh, the ballpark. One way or another, at least. One yeah. way or another, uh, depending on who they get, who they beat. So we got five, six, seven, eight, nine, and five, seven, eight, nine, and eight for. <laughs> of course. Fucking assholes. Of course. Gosh darn it! All right, again, I say, I think uh. we need to stop being cappers and we need to reach out to either FanDuel, DraftKings, Points Bet. We just need to start setting lines. Seriously, man. Season win total for the Finns is at nine wins. Uh, so, obviously, betting segment, we have a shitload to talk about, as if we didn't already. Thanks a lot, Dolphins. Here we go. Um, before we get into that, because now my brain's spinning as to where I'm going to side here. Holy smokes. Um, let me give you our uh, one final key stat. Or not our key stat. It's actually uh, courtesy of the guys over at Sharp Football Analysis. As always, thank you so much for some of the key stats and trends that you give us. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do uh, half of the show without some of that. Obviously, we utilize other stuff, but you guys are the shit. Now, as far as the Dolphins' rest and prep goes, we just talked about them having a severe rest disadvantage playing the Falcons coming back from London after playing the Jags. They have four opponents that they face that have over a week to prepare for mm -hmm. them, and they only play one opponent that has less than a week to prepare for them. They play three times at a rest disadvantage and only twice at a rest advantage. They play one short week road game and then two road two games off of a road sunday night or monday night football game Sheesh. the schedule makers in my opinion are not liking the dolphins all too much this year uh my partner said the same daggone thing here in some of these spots the schedule is just not as beneficial right. as it could be at least i think this team could rifle off 10 11 12 wins but there's just so many scheduling question marks that right. i think that this rest and prep is going to be not only as maybe a fan of the Dolphins, maybe an NFL fan or NFL better, that's something you're going to have to be aware of and, and take stock in because I think that the Finns are going to surprise the shit out of a lot of people, but this schedule could bite them in the ass. I really think that weeks 6, 7, and 8 might be the determining factor, not just for our over-under total, but for their season. Week 6 in London, 7 back home against the Falcons, but the Falcons have the bye week before. And then you go into Buffalo, one of their bigger games of the year against a division uh, opponent that appears to be the cream of the crop in the division. The Bills are coming off their own bye week, at least of what it looks like. So, And mind you, they already play the Bills in Week 2. Correct. And, and we'll talk about it here in just a second in the weekly lines, but 
they could well start their season one and four. Right. The only and, cookie that they got was two rest advantages against the Jets. Yeah. Which, and that's you, end you, of the you, season. Yeah, you yeah, could argue the they season. don't need it. So really, yeah. I, so again, they could theoretically go into Week Six with a one and four record Sheesh. and have their toughest stretch going uh, going with that record. I, I don't know. It's going to be tough. stretch, which should be one of their easier uh, yeah. stretches. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Well, there you go. There you have it. Giving you some key things to think about here for the Finns, for sure. Definitely a valuable ep- episode, if I do say so myself. Say so. But that all being said, that is once again a wrap. Paper, plastic, you choose. Not, not my call. Your decision on this one. But let's keep it moving into the third segment of the day. Our favorite segment. Because we're good-hearted degenerates at the end of the day sports betting analysts, and absolute lovers of everything NFL betting. So without further ado, it's time for the Dolphins 2021 full betting preview. Now, before we get into 2021, we got to take a look back quick at 2020 and see how these boys fared because not the exact same team, but a lot of the offensive uh, pieces are returning, and that is going to loom large, as it obviously always does, in covering spreads or potentially going over or under totals. So how did we look in 2020? Well, I'm so glad you asked because the Finns had an average line in 2020. They were dogs by half a point, so plus 0.5. They have ticked up, getting a little bit more respect in 2021, favored by a tenth of a point. Hey-o. Hey-o. <laughs> 0.1 favorites in 2021. On the right side of things uh, this time. In 2021, before we get into 2020, uh, they are favored in eight games, dogs in eight games, and then they got one pick That is in week three against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now for 2020, they had an 11-5 ATS record to accompany their 10-6 straight-up record. They were 5-2 ATS as a favorite and 6-3 and ATS as an underdog. At home, very solid. 7-1 and one ATS with a 5-3 and three straight up record. 4-0 and oh as a home favorite. Defend home turf yeah, fans. And 3-1 and one as a home dog ATS. On the road, not so great. You would hope to see this a little bit better with especially how good they were at home and then no crowds at all on the road. Right. 4-4 four and four ATS, but did have a 5-3 and three straight up record. 1-2 ATS as an away favorite. And 3-2 and two ATS as a road pooch. That does it for uh, the numbers. As far as what you could draw from that, obviously very solid at home. I think we see that once again. Yeah. Would like to see some improvements on the road, but we have full capacity stadiums. So in truth, I don't really know how much of an improvement we see there. Really sucks to see that. I had forgotten that uh, they were so bad on the road. However, it's interesting. I don't know. I think there'll be plenty of opportunities. We'll talk about it here in just a second, the weekly uh, portion. I believe there's going to be plenty of opportunities that you will be able to target the Finns, uh, their spread here this season. Right. But as far as game totals go, uh, in 2020, they had an average game total of 46.7. And in 2021, oh, just right about the same, 46.6. Ticked it down a tenth of a point. So probably going to see just about the same. So maybe you can uh, draw a little bit from 2020, but There's honestly not that much you can draw, if I do say so myself. They held an overall record over-under of 7-8. They were 4-3 to the over at home, 4-4 over-under on the road, 4-3 to the over as a favorite, and and 4-4 over-under as a dog. Nothing you can really pull from there other than it really depends on opponent, matchup, and how this team is doing from week to week. Not a whole lot you can draw, but one thing you can draw, my friends, and something we all love to draw up, if you will, is a good Sunday morning teaser. A nice six or maybe a seven or if you're feeling fucking wild, a nice tenner. Well, 
I've said it a few times on some other teams. But the fins are a must-add to your teasers, ladies and gentlemen. Six, seven, and ten-point teasers. You can get them through a bunch of key numbers. They have a 14-2, and 14-2, and two, and 14-1 and one record, respectively, in those teasers last year. So, I think going into 2021, once again, a team, uh, you're making those 10-point teasers. You need that extra leg to get you into that plus-money poly category. Target yep. you some 14-1 and one in 10-point teasers, Miami Dolphins. And not to mention that one loss in that 10-point teaser was week 17. They lost by 30 to the Buffalo Bills in a meaningless game. Meaningless game. So, Michael Perfect this year? Yes, sir. Michael Perfect this year in teasers? Maybe. In 10-point teasers? Who knows? I shouldn't say yes, sir. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Either way, now you know all of the 2020 trends and uh, betting stats from uh, the Miami Dolphins. Let's go back to the present, away from the, the past. Looking to the future, 2021, what do we think these boys are going to do? Well, again, I'm so glad you asked and took the time to uh, stop by to hear our opinions. We'll kick things off with the weekly uh, betting lines here. Take a look uh, week by week. We'll, uh, I'll give you guys the spreads. We'll talk a little bit about game totals after we go uh, week by week, and then I'll pull out anything key that I see here, some stuff I might be hammering in way too early, and then uh, kick it over the partner. We'll keep it moving and grooving. So week one in New England, the Dolphins are getting two and a half points against the Pats. Then in week two, they're getting three and a half points against the Beefalo Bills. Week three, I already told you about that pick them against the Raiders. Then week four, they are getting a point and a half at home against the Colts. Then week five, they're getting a touchdown and a half against the Bucks. That one is in Tampa Bay once again. Week six, they're laying two and a half. Finally favorites, goodness gracious, all the way wait till week six in London against the Jags. Week seven, laying three and a half against the Falcons. Favorites again, that one is in Miami. Week eight, they are getting a touchdown against the Buffalo Bills. Once again, up from three and a half because this one is played in Buffalo. Week nine, they are laying a touchdown and a half against the Texans. I do believe they take care of business on that one. In week 10, they are getting three points against the Baltimore Ravens. So very interesting there, especially with that game played in Miami. Mm -hmm. Week 11, they're laying three points on the road to the Jets. Week 12, laying four and a half points, but that game is back at home against the Panthers. Week 13, laying three and a half points against the Giants. I think they covered that one with ease. I'm very surprised that that is so low. And then week 14 is their bye week. Then they come out of the bye to play the Jets as six-and-a-half-point favorites in Miami. Week 16, they're getting three-and-a-half points against the Saints in New Orleans. Week 17, once again on the road in Tennessee, getting three points. And then they close out their season at home against the Pats, getting two-and-a-half, or giving two-and-a-half points, mm-hmm. rather, two-and-a-half-point favorites. So, across the board... I'm very, very excited that the books decided to keep these low. Yeah. And we haven't uh, started to creep into the four and five range. Because if it was the four and five range, especially with some of these favorites, I'd be a little bit tentative. But I already told you that minus three and a half at home against the Giants in week 13. I love that. I know that's a long time away, but I love that one. Early in the season, it's intriguing to me that the books are giving three and a half points to the Finns when they get seven on the road. So... Maybe the books are kind of siding with us that they think Miami is going to be a very difficult place to play this season. So something maybe to look at there, that pick them against the Raiders, I love it in week three. Give me all of that. 
The week seven minus three and a half against Atlanta coming back from London. Very interesting and maybe a spot you take Atlanta plus three and a half. But then again, we're going to have to see. And that's all the way in week seven. Yeah. So I'm not going to stress you out too much about that. I mean, hell, if the Falcons look good weeks one through six, then that is a that's very big issue about. of a game for the uh, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it definitely is. And then outside of that, I think it's going to depend week by week. Yeah, uh, we're going to have to see right off the bat what type of production, not only from the offense, but the defense, coaching staff, improvements. We're going to have to see a lot. I think they do very solidly. I think they can get very, very close to that, what was it, 11-6 ATS record from right. last season. I think that they can get very, very similar to that, um, but it's just going to take some some work early on yeah. in the season. Um, Barter, anything kind of jumping off of the screen there for you? I can't really take away too much else. Like you said, I think it's going to be very similar to last year. I don't know which spots, like weeks two and four, I... I think I know what's good. I expect, but you know, Buffalo and Indy coming into Miami, small spreads. They're small underdogs, but I don't know. I don't know what we expect, honestly. So, yep. might be week to week, as you're saying. It definitely will be week to week for me. Most deaf. So that does it for the spreads. How about some game totals? Well, they got a high of fifty and a half. I do believe. Yep, fifty and a half. That one's against the Bucks. That is the game that it's in Tampa Bay in Week Five. And then they got a low, a couple of 44s. I think that's their low. Yeah, so they got a 44 against the Jets in week 11, 44 against the Pats in week 18, and then a couple of 45s, 45 and a half, 46 and a half, 47. So it's right around that middle of the ballpark mm-hmm. 40 range. Right. So as if the books are pretty much telling you, hey, uh, yeah, they went 7 and 8 over under last year. We have no fucking clue what they're right. going to do. So we're going to set it right around here, and we're going to make you guys try and figure it out and uh, put all the hard work on your plates. Right. Well, we love it. Thanks, books, because we're planning on bankrupting you. We can't wait. But that all being said, I don't really know what we see yet. No. Um, In my humble opinion, I've said it a couple times now, it's going to depend on matchup. It's going to depend on... It might not even depend on total, honestly. I think it might just depend on matchup and how the Finns are producing. And, oh, they had a down week. It should be an up week. Or, oh, they've had rifled off three games. They might be due for a stinker. I think you just got to kind of play it on that aspect but again we're gonna have plenty 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 more knowledge in 17 short days and 21 short days if you're not uh counting thursday night football as the start you go all the way to sunday whatever the heck you want to do i don't care i'm not i'm not here to judge whatever you want to do that all being said we'll still have to uh kind of jury still out moment uh until then but as far as that goes, that does it all for the weekly lines, spreads, totals, and uh, any value we think throughout the weekly lines. But we have left out one part. Partner, week one, way too early selection. It's actually not way too early anymore because no, there's sir, only 17 not. days left. Two and a half weeks sounds really long, but 17 days doesn't, so I'm going to keep saying it like that. But in week one, the Miami Dolphins go into New England to face the New England Patriots, and the mass whole army. Will the Miami Dolphins cover their two-and-a-half-point underdog spread, or is this all but a wrap for the Dolphins and the Patriots? Cover minus two-and-a-half with ease. I'm still torn on this one, but I am leaning in New England. I am leaning towards the Patriots. I think I like the under. Best of all on this one, I think this is going to be similar to what we saw out of the two games last year. I think both totals ended right around 32, 33 last year, 34. Mm. So I could see very, Mm. very similar one way or another, maybe even in both games. 
I like what the offenses have done here for Miami, but uh, I really like what the Patriots defense has done. So I think there's going to be some growing pains for both of these offenses week one. Give me the under and we'll see what happens by game time, but I'm leaning towards the Pats right now. Damn, man, we should do this for a living. Oh, you think? <laughs> we are literally on the, check to see what this we are is right literally now, on the exact yeah. same page. Um, if I am going one way on the spread, it is a lean for me to uh -huh. the Pats. Obviously, I get a little scared when I see the Patriots at minus two and a half. Up to three. Up to three. So with that movement, I might even lean a little harder to uh, Patriots minus three. Okay. But I do as well believe that the under 45 is the most valuable play in this game okay not only because of what you said and the reasons you laid out but also their lowest totals are 44 and then they got a couple that are ticked up to the 45 and 45 and a half mm -hmm. so i think those 45s and 44s are going to be the unders or maybe the 44s might go over and they tick it up just one point to kind of try and trick you and you get maybe. the under on the 45 okay that's just my humble deduction but I do think that uh, the 45 is going to be extremely valuable. I don't think we're going to see the high-flying offense no, week like, one from the Dolphins. I, I at least so, see one of these offenses struggling, if not yeah. both. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. So I think the under 45 is the most valuable play. Way too early, not so much anymore. Week one pick for Love the it. Dolphins and Patriots. Love it. All right, that does it. Weekly lines, weekly value, yada, yada, yada. Let's get in to the season-long value. We got some futures still to talk about. Very short amount of time before we can uh, hammer these in. You got to start getting them in your bet slip now and getting them hammered in if you haven't already. But, excuse me, goodness gracious, another one. All right, <laughs> with that being said, already said it, but let's get into the season win total. Now, if you didn't hear me earlier, or maybe you weren't hanging around, the Dolphins' season win total is currently set at nine and a half wins. Mm -hmm. The over nine and a half is plus 115, getting plus money on that. And the under is minus 135. Now, I'm going to have to do a little bit of thinking, but before I kick it over to you here, partner, for some unbiased, cold, hard opinions and facts, I'm in a serious pickle here mm -hmm. as we notched out nine and eight for the Miami Dolphins. And that was being a little tentative in right. some spots. Right. Um, so I don't know. Where are you leaning either. here for the season win total, partner? My Where I'm leaning is staying way the hell away from this because my personal intuition, take gambling aside for a minute, my personal intuition says they won 10 games last year. Mm. You're giving us 17 games this year mm. now. And I personally think that this team is better. They should win at least 10 games again, correct? But as we just mapped out nine games, there is some certain schedule spots that really, really concern me. And once again, you know, not every single line like this is a trap necessarily, but it screams trap and a half to me. So I am going to stay away. I'm not going to be hammering in any minus 135 futures like this because I could still see them winning 11, 12 games hell for, you know, but... I'm staying away. I'm staying away, partner, because I, I don't like uh, I don't like this line here. It's scaring me. I, too, am packing my bags and running yeah. in the opposite direction. I do not feel like you need to sweat this one out. Um, it might be fun, but I don't think it's worth it. Because, uh, sorry, go ahead. can you imagine like hammering in this over and then week six and seven comes around, like I said, and they, they lose to both the Jags and Falcons, and you're toast. There's no way they recover from that. And they, they go nine wins. Yeah, right. and they go nine wins, and yeah, and it's not worth no. under my, at minus no. 135. So, that all being said, 
avoid the season win total for the Miami Dolphins unless you want to get wild and potentially want to lose some money and have no idea what's going on because there's just too many question marks scheduling wise don't hammer in the season win total at least we're not do as you please to make or to miss the playoffs books are a little confused but think they might have an opportunity to yes is at plus 118 and no is at minus 144 hmm. I think that minus 144 could possibly, man, I don't want to say it, but it could be the play that, yes, just feels kind of trappy to me. I don't know. I think they make the playoffs. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know, and I think that line is perfectly set for the books again. And it sinks because I'm right there with you, but I would love to be able to watch this team and cheer for them as far as, because I like this offense. I like to right. attack Vailoa, but. Roll time. Yeah, I know, man. You know but uh, hell, man, I got to stay, I got. I just got to stay away. I don't like it enough. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think there's any value on right. either side. And, and again, another future play, you just got to stay a little tentative right. with, in my opinion. Now, as far as division conference and Super Bowl 56, <clears throat> pardon me, one brief second. Oh, yeah. Now we're the whistle's wet. Cooking. All right. Uh, as far as the AFC goes, division, they're second in the division right now. Probably behind the Pats or the Bills. Behind the behind Bills. The Bills. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. The Pats Pats aren't the same old Pats anymore, right. but they might be here in uh, 2021. So I suggest you, you, you listen up. But neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, Dolphins plus 330. Uh, uh, second in the AFC East to win it outright. If I was a betting man, I'd probably put my money on the Beefalo Bills, mm-hmm. as uh, we already discussed quite a few uh, uh, NFL special editions ago. Right. So I don't think there's any value in uh, hammering in the Dolphins to win uh, the AFC East. No, I'm not uh, not going to be hammering that one in as well. Okay, so then obviously probably not no value on the conference or the Super Bowl. Right. AFC winner plus 1,400, sixth overall. So I don't know about all that, but yeah, maybe something to look into. And then 13th overall to win uh, Super Bowl 56, 32 to 1 odds right now. Maybe a long shot on that. I don't know if we see huge amounts of improvement, but I think there's a little bit better play if we do see huge amounts of improvement. Sure. And talk about a segue into some side betting value. Well, three plays in particular you should keep an eye out for and maybe think about adding to the old preseason future bet slip. First things first, and I hadn't originally thought about this, and right. if you read my NFL honors blog, um, wasn't anywhere in my mind at that point in Correct. time. Now, I don't know how much value it has, but for Offensive Rookie of the Year, Jalen Waddell is at 25-1 to 1 odds right now. Now, not the most disappointing odds at all. That would actually probably be right where I'd price somebody who would take the championship home and or take the award home. And actually, Javante Williams was right around that same number, and he started to kind of drop around too. So maybe potentially worth a long shot if Tua and his former slot receiver, if they can get back on that Alabama connection, we might be hitting the touchdown express, ladies and gentlemen. So worth a look. Jalen Waddle, Offensive Rookie of the Year, plus 2,500 odds. Worth a look, I suppose. I guess you could say the path is there, as I've been saying for some of these awards. I'm going to stay away, though. I think the first chunk of the season is still going to be some growing pains for Waddle. As we get into the later part of the seasons, I could see him really putting up some big numbers, but I think okay. he might be a little bit behind the bill as far as chasing this award down goes. Okay. Well, I wouldn't uh, disagree with any of your points there, but uh, definitely maybe worth a little sprinkle, sprinkle. As far as Defensive Rookie of the Year goes, 
This one might have a little bit of doggone value, and I had kind of overlooked this young man Same. here, um, just not really all knowing too much about the situation. But the more I get into it, Jalen Phillips for Defensive Rookie of the Year at plus 900 odds is not out of the question. Now, I have already hammered in my Defensive Rookie of the Year. I'm right. also still are still extremely high on JOK, uh, Jer Jeremiah Owosu-Kormoa, if right. you didn't know. Uh, but that being said, I think at plus 900, that has some doggone good value. And the rookie getting drafted at one of their early selections, they obviously have plans for him. And if he's looking like he's going to be projected week one starter, he's got plenty of time to put the numbers up there. I don't know if he gets the numbers up there, but he's definitely going to have the fucking opportunities to do so. Right. So at plus 900, once again, worth a look. I I think I might have talked myself into this one throughout the course of this show, mm. man. Because like I said at the top, he, he could be the X factor for this defense to really raise the well ceiling. Could. And if he's got 10 sacks, 8 to 12 sacks on a defense that he himself personally elevated... He might be taking this award home because I still, you know, your guy, JOK, is the one guy that's kind of keeping me away mm. from feeling real confident about it. But I'm 28 dog pound, baby. I might hammer it in, man. I like this. I like this play a lot. Oh, and oh, uh, oh, oh, I think the potential is oh. there. I think the path is there. I think it is, too, for <laughs> sure. I uh, I think it is, man. And, and if I if I would have any argument, like Michael Parsons was an argument for me. Right. Quiddy Pay was All an right. argument for me. Jalen Phillips just might well be a fucking argument think, to my JOK selection, and I, the path is there. As I think we, he's as got the like, best. I think he's got the best chance yeah. to actually put up physical numbers. Yeah, and as we like to say, I mean, the path is right. there, so worth a look. Now you know my coach of the year selection, Sean McVay, plus mm -hmm. eighteen hundred. I think he gets his boys back to the Super Bowl. And you talked me into it. I hammered it in on Friday. Did you? I did. So did I. All I right. did. I rock and roll. Now, I don't know if you're thinking on the same page I am. But for Coach of the Year, you wrote it down before I did. B-Flow, Brian Flores, Coach of the Year, plus 1,400 odds. He is number two right now behind only Brandon Staley. Right. I don't know if that's a trap, but once again, as we keep saying, the path is there. Right. If we see dramatic improvements from this offense, if Tua drastically improves if this receiver core writes home as maybe a top 15 top 10 unit in the league if we see the turnaround from the running back room really not much of a turnaround maybe just in the red zone right it's there mm -hmm. and if they rifle off those 11 12 wins and they say hey mags hey colt fuck your opinion and our schedule yeah nonsense <laughs> yeah. that ain't nothing on our minds <laughs> yeah. and they end up burning every team through week seven through mm -hmm. week eight or week five through week eight, whatever it is, I I think it could be very possible. Yeah. The path is there. Now, granted, I am still 99.99999% on Sean McVay, just yep. from what I think we are going to see in 2021. But once again, worth a look, B-Flow, Brian Fuller, yeah. Flores, Coach of the Year. Worth a look. I personally, you just laid out all the potential of what would happen. I think there might be one too many variables here as far as receivers, <laughs> offensive line, Tua. Can the defense stay as good, if not elevate? Which I think maybe one of those variables is going to fall short. And, uh, you know, this team will still be really solid, but they might have just one more year before they're a really, really damn good team. So sure. I'm going to stay away from it. Hey, maybe next year I'll say Brian Flores. Hey, uh, way too year. early 2022 coach of the year. How about All right. That? How about All right. That? Hey, there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that does it. Those are the three side bets that we thought might have a little bit of value, something worth talking about there. And that officially does it for the Dolphins' entire season betting preview.
And we're a little bit ahead of schedule. Love to say that. So uh, let's keep it moving and grooving. Fourth and final segment of the day. Once again, thank you for stopping by and joining us for the Miami Dolphins season preview. And if this isn't your first NFL special edition, thanks for stopping by for all the ones you have before. Now, before I do, I'm going to need another quick sip of water. Mm -hmm. If I don't choke myself first. Goodness gracious, man. All right. Woo. Heck of a time to uh, have a little agua. Sure. Go down the wrong pipe. But, (laughs) excuse me. (laughs) You never know what you're going to get here on the Talking the Line podcast. And with that being said, it's time to get into the fourth and final segment of the day. How about that for a fucking rebound from your hostess with the mostest? The final segment of the day, our best fantasy advice in the segment we have coined start stash or pass all right it is time to get into it partner even though i'm a good rebounder and i have a good poker face i still got a clue to flip a few times i here. can tell uh first things first foist quarterback room to attack of iloa and jacoby Brissett. you're getting them in the draft based on your strategy and if you do are you starting stashing or passing on them all together you know, I think if uh, Brissett is the guy at any point in the season, I still don't think I'll have any interest in him. Hasn't been a great fantasy quarterback even when he is there. So I had no interest in him. Tua had some concerns for me as far as a fantasy perspective last year. 13.5 average. That is not what you want out of your quarterback. No. I do think that comes up, though, and I do like the potential for some big improvements. Not saying he's going to be top five quarterback by any means. Might not even be top ten. But I do think, especially if you're not reaching for him, I think he might have some value for him, uh, you know, for his season. So I suppose I will be stashing him in some later rounds because I think, you know, I think the ceiling is just a lot bigger than it was last year. So I could take him, and maybe you know his legs uh, are more susceptible to be used because obviously he was coming off that hip injury from sure. Alabama, yep. and they were kind of subduing him a little bit there. So I could see, uh, I think there's a lot of room for improvement. So give me a stash on him. All right. I would have to say I'm going to stash as well. I would put him firmly in the QB2 tier. Mm -hmm. I would definitely target somebody else before him. I wouldn't wait around and say, ah, you know, if if, if at the bare minimum I get two, I'll be all right. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying either. Don't bank on that for sure. Try and get somebody before him, but definitely worth a QB2 stash. If maybe you have a bust uh, in a couple of weeks streak from your QB1 and Tua has some favorable matchups, which he does have some favorable defensive matchups over the course of the year, especially as it's halfway through to the end of the year. So might be a uh, kind of a late-season guy. If you can stick him on your bench and save a roster spot for him, he might be a late-season guy for you, win you those playoffs, because that's what we're all here. We ain't here for fun. We're here for the damn championships, all right? Second positional grouping. Running backs for the Miami Dolphins. Now, I got a lot to say here. Go ahead. Because I was extremely high on Miles Gaskin last year. Uh, Seems to be RB1, and I picked him up. He was a solid RB2 for me last year. Had a few weeks where he definitely could have seen more if he was able to punch it through Mm -hmm. on the goal line. I'm a little worried about that this year, but he sits firmly in my RB2 category. Uh, I do think, especially PPR, he's going to have plenty of value when it comes to that. I think his receptions will once again be through the roof. I think he is going to see at least 350-plus receiving yards, if not more. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think as far as a running back, I think we'll see some improvements. I know he's a smaller guy. I know he's not much north of 200, but 
I don't think that matters. There's so many small backs in the league that have plenty of success. Now, obviously, you can look at Derrick Henry and how he's built, and hey, that's yeah. King Henry. That's how you should be built. But I'm not looking for uh, RB1 here in the Miami backfield. What I'm looking for is somebody that can help me out and give me at least a solid 12, 10, 12 plus points here in my RB2 spot, if not more, maybe 15. And I think Gaskin can do that from week to week. Sure. Now, it's going to be a little concerning on the goal line. And I might potentially stash Malcolm Brown because okay. of that. Of the two guys between him and Dokes, I think because of Brown's veteran, I don't want to even say too much of a veteran, but kind of his veteran presence sure. of those two guys, I would say he gets that goal line work if it is taken away from Gaskin at okay. any point in time. I don't know. Can Gaskin stay healthy? I do believe so. Had a little bit of issues last year. Nothing crazy. At the bare minimum, I would say definitely get him in your draft. Use him as your RB2. Bare minimum flex. He'd be a great flex spot from week to week. And then I'd say stash Malcolm Brown. And I'm going to go ahead and pass on Dokes for the time being. I just I don't think he has too much value here in his rookie year. Okay. Yeah, as far as Gaskin, I will absolutely start him with uh, kind of what you're saying as far as RB2 flex with the potential of going even higher than that. He had 16.4 average last year in PPR. But if, uh, you know, if these additions on offense, if Tua really improves, that ceiling could go a lot higher and he could be winning you some games yep. uh, as, a, as an RB2 or as an RB1. And then uh, as far as the rest of the room, I will pass on Malcolm Brown just because I'm not sh I think he should be the guy if anything happens to Gaskin. But, I mean, we also didn't mention, uh, it looks like Salvin Ahmed is back. There's, we, oh, we didn't, there's no reason Ahmed. to really mention yeah. him because if this room is healthy, you know, he shouldn't have too much work. But sure. I think if Gaskin goes down for whatever reason, we're going to be seeing more of a committee here and there's going to be a lot less value at least in my opinion i could be totally wrong malcolm brown could be worth it but that's kind of where i'm thinking here i would have to agree with you on that end of the spectrum um yeah i don't think i have all too much to add outside of that i totally forgot about uh salvan ahmed he was he was all right from week to week all right kind of stash him and then bring him in here or there but right. obviously nothing nothing crazy to write home about uh wide receiver unit my opinions on this room hmm 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 Will Fuller, I think, is worth a stash. Obviously, you're not going to get him in week one. He definitely has potential to be your wide receiver, too, but he does have a very low flex floor from week to week. There can be weeks where he'll put up right. three points, and you're going to have him in your flex. I need him. I got to depend on him, and it comes down to Sunday afternoon. You need him to put up 15 points, and he puts up two. Right. And it's going to happen from time to time. So you got to be a little tentative on Fuller. I love Devontae Parker. I've put him on my fantasy team every single year since he's been in the league. And last year was actually the first year that I got solid production from him. Nothing off the charts, but I think we continue to see. Yeah, serviceable. And I think flex with that wide receiver three, maybe even a wide receiver two ceiling for him going into this year. Kind of that next level connection um, with Tua. And then... I'm a little bit higher on Waddle. Um, I know that there could be that potential struggle, but I just think with him and two of the connection they already have, I think it's not going to be too much of an, an issue for him getting right up to game speed here in the slot. I think he can be a solid wide receiver too for you. I would draft him as a flex to start things off just in case we have a little sputtering early in the season. You don't want to be stuck with him as a wide receiver too, but I would definitely draft him as a flex, would start him, and would definitely have the expectations that we could see a wide receiver two ceiling, no doubt. So I think loads of value anywhere beyond that in the depth chart. I'm going to let them fall and right. pass on them all together. 
maybe red flag here or there, Preston Williams, if something happens to one of these guys. But for now, I'm going to stick to the main guys. Definitely all worth a start. Mainly all flexes with that wide receiver two ceiling from time to time. Sure. Yeah, I think the potential for one of these guys to have a high ceiling is there. I'll echo what you said about Will Fuller. And then I'll also add into the caveat of his injury health issues that he's seen, especially for fantasy owners the last few years. You know, I've had him. I love having him on my team, but it's so risky to have. And I certainly don't want to be reaching for a guy who has never really had a healthy season. So while I said earlier on the show, I think that's behind him. You still just don't have that verification. Devontae Parker, I am right there with you. You might be a tiny bit higher on him than I am, but nonetheless, I still like him. I'd still love to have him. I'm hoping, you know, if I do have him, I'm hoping that these other two guys um, can, you know, take away some of the focus off of him so that he can be a little bit more free and get some more looks. But then at the same time, maybe those guys just take away his targets. I don't know. So I am mostly in the same vein as you. I also want to have Waddle. I just don't know what to expect the first handful of weeks. But as I mentioned earlier, I think he could be breaking out about halfway through the season. So I will also stash him as well. All right. So we're both very high on this wide receiver room. Definitely uh, think that they start off a little slow, but have a lot of room for improvement. Uh, Partner, as far as tight ends go, in your opinion, uh, they obviously have Mike Gesicki and then kind of a muddy backfield behind him. Uh, Hunter Long, Chris Marinick, Adam Shaheen. Mm -hmm. We know the name. I know the name. Former Bear, Bear Down. And then Durham Smith. I don't know outside of Gesicki if there's much value there what are you seeing uh, as far as Gesicki goes here for 2021 fantasy wise yeah I'll take Gesicki man you know I keep mentioning or we both keep mentioning there's the cream of the crop and then there's the next level and Mike Gesicki is right up in that next level of you know five through ten and he was a number seven tight end last year six touchdowns and I think we can honestly see a clean repeat very similar to what we saw last year don't think he's going to be putting up anywhere close to top five numbers but I think he will be serviceable enough for you certainly shouldn't reach for him but you know if this is uh if you strike out on the top four or five guys Gesicki's definitely a nice uh, nice option because a little more consistency you know whereas a lot of these other guys that are in that five to ten range have some big weeks but then the you know five points or less Gesicki's a little bit more consistently right around 10 points I can't say anything more. That is exactly what I would say uh, with Mike Kosicki. If it comes around, you can get him. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like we have talked about time and time again, top tier, upper echelon, Kittle, Kelsey, Waller the Baller. Then you have that next level, and then there's 50 layers of shit, and then everybody else. That next layer, Kosicki sits on top of that next layer. So definitely worth a spot on your lineup here in 2021. As far as kickers go, because, hey, you might forget about them, but they're people too, and we don't pretty solid kicker down on here uh in miami jason sanders number one kicker last year yes he was yes he was um he has looked solid so far already in the preseason i think that he is definitely worth a roster spot for you i would put him in that upper echelon with joey sly the guys that if you have a spot an opportunity a targetable kicker is what I'm trying to sure. say. The guy, the, a guy, it, it just it never comes around. Right. It doesn't happen. You hardly ever see it. This is one of the guys. What I'm trying to say: target him in your yeah. draft. This is a kicker you need to get your hands on. I'm right there with you, man. He was, believe it or not, the number two Dolphins fantasy scorer in 2020. Number two because I obviously they had two different quarterbacks. Maybe some regression. About- Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not saying he's going to be a bona fide number one kicker again, and he's definitely not going to be top three Dolphins fantasy scorers again, but certainly not uh, anything he did to get himself number two. A lot more uh, just injuries and whatnot. But 
I'll definitely take him, man. I could see him being top five easy once again, no question. Absolutely. I would agree with you. And then last but certainly not least, the defensive side of the ball. Uh, now, as far as that goes, defensive special teams unit. Um, I'm going to – actually, I don't think I'll be able to get my hands on him in any capacity. I was going to say I'm going to pass, but I think people are going to draft him too doggone high because okay. of last year. I think they're going to see that. They're going to remember that. And they're, oh, we got to get our hands on this Dolphins team. I think they'll be good. I think they'll be right around middle of the pack, a little bit better than middle of the pack, maybe 13th, somewhere in that ballpark. It's just kind of my projection for this defense. I think it starts off kind of shaky, and then we start seeing some heavy impacts uh, about week four, week five, week six. Okay. I don't know. I don't think I'll be able to get my hands on him. I think potentially worth a spot for you. But once again, I think you got to temper expectations. I think we see a lot of regression in some key areas as far as uh, what they did last year. Yeah, I'm interested in him. They were number eight defense last year. But as we kind of mentioned, a lot of turnovers, a lot of turnover luck that typically depreciates and regresses. Mentioned, we both mentioned that we still think this defense could be really solid. I'm definitely not banking this defense as my, you know, week to week. I'm definitely putting all my chips on them being a defense. I am interested in them, but I'm also, if I'm taking them, I got to have, you know, I got to pair them with a different defense that, you know, maybe matches up the schedule wise. If the Dolphins got a bad week, bad matchup, I want this other team in here. So that's kind of where I could absolutely see that being the case with this Dolphins team because I do like them in a lot of spots here. A little streaming option, yep. if you will. So there you go. There you have it. Our full opinions, fantasy wise on the Miami Dolphins in start, stash, or pass. All right, my friends, that does it. That is officially the entire season preview, all four segments for the Miami Dolphins. We are well ahead of schedule. Actually, yes, sir, we 10 are. minutes ahead of schedule, so we got plenty of time to uh, have a little banner, talk to you guys about some stuff we got coming up, and then some motivation minutes get you guys on out of here. But before we do all that, Let's send the Miami Dolphins on about their 2021 season the only way we know how. So, to Brian Flores, George Godsey, and Josh Boyer, we hope you have a spectacular 2021 season. We wish you the best of luck. High-flying electricity flowing through your offense. Hard-hitting power pumping through your defense and nothing but victories on your horizon. And as always, Godspeed. All right, there it is, my <laughs> friends. It's over. It's official. Let's wrap it on down. Slow it on back a little bit. Unbutton the tie or the shirt. Let, let down the tie a little bit here. All right, so couple key things to uh talk to you guys about before we get y'all on out of here um daily show we have a couple of updates to talk to you about i think the 28th is wrong yes 27th okay um so this week the 27th that is friday we will be doing another double nfl special edition two teams for the price of one ladies and gentlemen yep. you best believe it this time around we're doing the new york giants and the new york jets so that'll be this Friday, August the 27th. Then, you may have seen it, there's some college basketball coming on around the corner. College football. I'm sorry, college football. I said college basketball. I got college basketball in the mind. Mm -hmm. That is my favorite of the all. But hey, college football is coming. Thanks for keeping me honest. Of course. We have some games coming up this weekend. Big games. We sure do. Illinois plays Nebraska this Ooh. weekend. And you just so much know us as Big Ten homers and a half. Ooh. Now, we cannot bet 
on the Illinois fight in Illini. As it pains the absolute shit out of us, and we wish that certain legislation would be changed. But that all being said, we will still have some opinions and some stuff to dish out in that regards, and we might just have some plays posted on uh, TalkingTheLine.com or on the Action Network app, so you stay tuned for that. But next Friday, not this Friday, next Friday, September the 3rd, it is going to be in full swing of NCAA football. So you best believe we're going to hit the pause button on the NFL Special Editions. We're going to go back to a little bit of business as usual, if you will. And we're going to have a full college football betting show on Friday, September the 3rd. So we'll be dishing out picks going into that weekend. We'll talk about maybe some thoughts we have as far as conferences, some season win totals, some different things that we're seeing there. So we will have plenty of value to discuss with you on 9-3 in relation to college football. Then that following Monday, that'll be the 6th, that will be back to the NFL Special Editions. Mm -hmm. And our last NFL Special Edition will be September the 8th. Closing it out with the 32nd team alphabetically in the NFL, the Washington football team. Then, the day we have all been waiting for for quite some time now. September the 9th, at 7.20 p.m., the Cowboys play the Buccaneers to kick off the 2021 NFL season. And you better believe that the TTL crew will be back to business as usual. And we will be running gridiron tickets to the pay window so you better get ready to meet us there we ain't fucking around it's time to get back to it ladies and gentlemen so thursday back to business as usual then we'll uh peruse on into friday's show hey we're we're back we're cooking so we'll have some college football bets we'll have some nfl bets oh, baby. looking into the weekend yeah then we'll have just a little bit of minor adjustments to the show mondays will probably be a standard day tuesday well, let me say standard days first. Monday will probably be a, Tuesday, a standard day. Thursday will probably be a standard day. And then obviously Friday will be a standard day. Right. That leaves Tuesday and Wednesday. No question marks, not really any action. There might be a little a bit of MLB. There might be some stuff we can do there. But that's generally when the waiver wires are popping. Right. That's generally when we got news coming out right. about who we might need to add to our fantasy team. Mm -hmm. And now... I don't know a lot about a whole lot, but I know how to search a waiver wire for some damn good finds. So we might have to have a little waiver wire special edition, maybe okay. a little something action Wednesday like that. Wednesday waiver wire? Wednesday waiver wire, a little something, something like that. Who knows? And then maybe Tuesday we just do a little side action, a little stuff we're looking, maybe week ahead, some stuff we can talk about. We'll let you guys know, but it's going to be just a little bit different going through the NFL season because obviously we have the Tuesday, Wednesday dead days, but Monday, Thursday, Friday going to be loaded with stuff. And then obviously Fridays too, we'll uh, we'll dish out props, we'll dish out yeah. uh Full game bets, halftime bets. Well, I mean, we'll dish out all types of stuff. Well, I mean, we the value we can find yep. with this is is endless. And then make sure um, that you do follow us on the Action Network app if you don't already. We do have another app we're working with that we'll be able to tell you guys about here soon. And then uh, also you can just check them at TalkingTheLine.com on the Today's Best Bets tab if you have not already. So uh, you guys know all about that. Uh, coming right around the corner quick, fast, and in a hurry, we will be getting after it. So, um, yeah. We'll also probably be, obviously, the Sunday morning I'm putting together teasers. I'm watching the different stuff. So it, 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 I cannot wait. I cannot wait, and I cannot wait to bring it to you. We were starting to really clip along. We kind of 
we were we had been starting and really rocking and rolling as the NFL season was just kind of getting to the end and right. as we were starting to kind of find our niche and like we found Action Network and found some of the different things and the, cannot wait I can't to wait officially for cap season. it for the second full official season finally I cannot wait I am so excited so there you go there you have it uh, you already know about the link tree in the description hit that bad boy you want to find all of our uh, social platforms and additional content. And then the Action Network, you know where we're at, you know what we're doing, you know we're cashing tickets. So check all that out. Outside of that, partner, uh, we got a little Fantasy Life update. Nothing crazy. Oh, actually, out of the AFC, surprisingly, Hunter Henry, tight end for the New England Patriots, left the field after warm-ups, as he did after all three practices last week, still working his way back into full swing. So something to think about there if you're a fan of the old Patriots. But... As far as anything else goes, a uh, quick little scrolly scroll here. I ain't got nothing, nothing, no nothing major. crazy coming on today. Uh, anything for you, partner? No, anything sir. sideways? Well, uh, oh, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul that you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 108 of the Talking the Line podcast on this beautiful August 23rd. 2021 all right so nothing crazy here for the miami dolphins didn't have too many stat updates so you know i just out of curiosity last afc east division for this team was 2008 nice little drought they've got going on here last back would have been chad pennington that was wow. some uh, miami dolphins testing out wow. a little bit of a wildcat action wow and they actually uh they snapped the patriots regular season uh went because that was the following year after the patriots went 17 and 0 uh, brady gets hurt at the beginning of that season matt castle comes in and the dolphins in week three i was reading snapped a like 19 or 20 game patriots win streak and then obviously beat them uh, out for the division last afc championship 1984 and then super bowl last super bowl they have two last one was 10 years before that so 47 years super bowl drought but 10 teams have a worse drought or have never won so uh <laughs> you know it's not as bad as things seem there for you dolphins fans and i have to imagine that there's going to be a division title coming soon in the next few years and imagine. uh for your sake hopefully uh you know the other two things happen as well yeah because you know a lot of dolphin fans out there that i know are have been fans since the old shula days yep. and um it's been quite a, quite a drought as you uh said sure has but you heard it here first. I do think that uh, similar to you, we got a nice little division title coming here sooner rather than yep. later, and maybe even a deep playoff run yep. coming sooner rather than later. Might not be this year, which is some of the early season question marks. They might not get off to the start that they need, but the jury's still out. Right. Don't let us tell you too soon. Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown were also on that 2018. No. Yeah, that was a squad. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun one. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you for your partner. Or your partner. Thank you for your sidebar partner. As always, I appreciate you. All right, my friends, you are so kind to give us your support, your hard-earned time. You share it with us, so I got to pay it back to you a little bit. Get you some inspiration, motivation to keep you trucking right Ooh. through this beautiful Monday. Well, I'm so glad you stuck around because I uh, didn't tell you what today's motivation minutes were going to be on today. Uh, if you read the description, maybe you know by now, but uh, didn't tell you guys. So let's hit you with them. Time to close out today's show the only way I know how. My motivation minutes. This one, uh, this one's kind of short and sweet. Okay. This one's not uh, anything outlandish. And, you know, I just, 
I try to be as real as possible with these with you guys and open up part of me. Okay. Sharing these with you guys is is opening up part of me and, and sharing secrets <laughs> as to how I battle this thing called life. And and you know, I've I've always told you I'm not a swami, I'm not no genius, I don't know everything there is to know, and I still lean on a lot of people to help me fight through every single day. But I have found some key things that help me be able to catch those flaming arrows of life and snap them over my knee on a daily basis. So I like to share them with you. Well, I do follow a few motivation pages, a few different things. Like if I just say that term, you know what I'm talking about on Instagram or stuff like that. And I just kind of was perusing and I got sucked into a David Goggins rabbit hole. And you ever want to feel like just you're this big and you just want to feel like the little bitch you are and you want to get get whipped into shape and have some discipline and get ready. Go, go check out just two David Goggins videos. You don't even need more than two because then your ass, if you were laying on the couch at that point in time, you will be popped up and you'll just be pacing around your apartment trying to figure out what the hell you can just do and accomplish because right. he is that man. But that's besides the point. Uh, also got into kind of just a little clip and it was weird. Kind of the overarching theme was happiness and you're in charge of your own happiness. And I actually had a conversation about that um, with some people who are very, very close to me yesterday, kind of sharing them some of my thoughts. And, and I, I do this outside of the pod as well. Um, but my message today is you control your own happiness. And I know it's hard. I know it may not seem like it, but you do. And the bad part is, is that our society is so set up to make us think that we don't. And the main thing is, is your job. There are so many things that we battle and we face, but how many of you can truly say, I am so happy with my job. I am so happy with what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't know how many of you could. And I actually found myself in the negative category, not even three and a half months ago. I wasn't happy. I woke up every morning filled with anxiety. I was pissed off at everyone and everything. I hated the person that I was seeing in the mirror. I didn't know how to control it. I didn't know how to reel it in. I didn't know how to find myself again. But then I realized that I control my own happiness and my own destiny. And I can make the choice. And I've told you guys the quote before, so oftentimes it happens that we live our lives in chains and never even know we have the key. And you have the key, my friends. I had the key. I just had to grab it and put it in the lock. Now, finding your own happiness takes a lot of courage. In order to find that happiness, you're going to have to be really, really, really fucking scared before you do. And I can promise you that. And it's going to get dark, and it's going to get unfamiliar, and it's going to get uncomfortable. But the more you stay in that uncomfortableness, the more you become comfortable with the darkness, the more you will be able to overcome it, the more you will become part of the darkness, the more you will become that monster that has faced trial and tribulation and adversity, and you will become that beast that can make a decision at any moment 
that can say, this doesn't work for me and my happiness. It's out of my life. And when you realize that you have that power, the limitations are gone. There is nothing you cannot do. So if you've been sitting around waiting for a while today, let me give you this advice. If you've been wanting to take that leap of faith, you're standing at the cliff's edge and you're about ready to jump, but you don't know if you can spread your wings and you'll be able to fly. Trust me, you can and you will. You just have to make the choice to be in control of your own happiness. And once you do, set your mind to one thing. Set your mind to the one thing you're making that jump for. And then watch two things and three things come to your mind. And four things and five things. And then set your life up in such a way that all you do is obsess over those four or five things. And it might seem weird to some other people, but you're in complete happiness and complete peace. So today, my friends, not for me, as always, for you. Remember that you are in control of your own happiness. And if you've been hanging on the branch, standing on the cliff's edge, or waiting for somebody to kick you in the ass to get you to go, here I am. Today is your day. Now is your moment. Stop staying in the situation and being in the everyday rat race and hamster wheel that you know if you feel it here, if it itches, scratch it. If you feel it here and you don't feel right in that day-to-day and -day whatever spot you're in does not feel fulfilling to you, it's because it's not. If that thing itches, go scratch it. And that does it for my Motivation Minutes for today. Great stuff as always, my man. Goodness Smack gracious. you. Smack a little bit. That one. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, we both have a similar uh, situation as far as pulling that trigger, so, uh, you know. You know, I speak preaching to the choir to my yeah. left here. <laughs> yeah. So I can't add too much else other than, uh, you know, saying the exact same things. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, so would you say, I guess I'll ask Ooh, this question. Because happiness is extremely important, but also alleviating yourself of that massive stress and anxiety. You know, obviously, I guess getting rid of that stress and anxiety is the first step. But sometimes, you know, some people, it might take a little bit of time to figure out exactly what they know is going to make them happy and they just got to cut out that uh you know that anxiety and stress first mm -hmm. so i guess i was going to ask what's more important but i mean i guess cutting you out the stress and anxiety. yeah i did answer i answered myself hey you're that's... learning over there you're but learning I guess, over there. you know that's in certain right. cases in certain cases though some people may know exactly what it is that's going to make them happy so it's you know kind of all-encompassing and that is the hardest ones when you know it is a family member when you know it's a relationship when you know it's your job, your source of living. Right. When you know it's those things, it's hard doesn't even describe the right. word. It's impossible. You don't see a way that you possibly could cut that out of your life. But if you do, and it doesn't feel right, trust me, it will work out. Give when you don't have, pursue when you don't know, and it will be returned to you bountifully i can promise you i never read that before that was out the top of my dome i'm out here just spitting shit today my friends let me tell you what and you know that's kind of part of this too uh kind of closing these motivation minutes i wanted to be you know you hear me throughout the show ah fuck ah shit this and that whatever and i just want to be as real as possible with you guys when i do these i don't want to 
kind of and, and I'm not that I was putting on a mask or anything, no. but I don't I don't want to I don't want to change anything I am because I want you to see this real raw version of me. This is what I am. This is what I have. And this is the things that I use. And I'm an everyday motherfucker just like you. I got a lot of flaws. I got a lot of mistakes I make, but I'm still able to make it through and fight. And that's why I share these with you. And that's why I do this. So again, that does it for my motivation minutes today. You need a little extra inspiration in your life. Stop by every single TTL pod episode, very end. I got your back covered every single day. No doubt about it. But officially, that does it for the motivation minutes for today. I don't know about y'all, but I gave myself some energy with that doggone jet. I am ready to just get to throwing blades left and right, catching <laughs> fucking flaming arrows, snapping them over the knee, looking at walls in front of me, opportunities, not obstacles, and just, oh, we're right around from Gridiron, buckling the chin strap and blowing right through them. I got no problems right now. The world is beautiful. Life is great. Even if maybe there's no sunshine where you are, hey, make the decision to make your own sunshine today. Because maybe you just shed a little ray of light into somebody's life who just might have needed it. So there you go. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The entire episode, number 108 of the Talking the Line podcast. Partner, before I send these kind guys and gals on their way, is there anything I have missed, forgot to discuss, or bypassed over the course of the last hour and 39 minutes? I don't have anything, my man. All right. Well, then, that leaves one final step. Ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, fans of the NFL Shield, NFL betters, Fantasy football players, anybody I might have left out that enjoys football or these NFL special editions, far and wide from myself and Mags. Thank you so much for once again sharing your hard-earned time with us, giving your you are giving us your support and following. Little tongue-tied there, but thank you so so much, guys. I. I can't tell you how much both of us, we talk about it all the time. From the bottom of our hearts, uh, we just appreciate you guys to the moon moon and back. We would not be able to do any of this if it weren't for you guys. So we are going to keep grinding, keep pumping out content, and as always, making it bigger and better for each and every one of you. We got NFL Special Edition number 20 on tap tomorrow, the Minnesota Vikings. You know, neither one of us like that damn team. Nope. So we'll nope. try to be as unbiased as possible. Me as a Bears fan, bear down, and him as a Packers fan. Go Pack. Outside of that, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check our best bets of the day on the Action Network app or at TalkingTheLine.com on the Today's Best Bets tab. That way you can meet us at the pay window and soon say right alongside with us, let's cash some tickets.